Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. It's time for the playoffs. It's time to decide who's going to Vegas. Will it be Baltimore, Miami, Kansas City, or Buffalo coming out of the AFC? Is it going to be San Francisco, Dallas, Detroit even coming out of the NFC? Pick your two conference champions, parlay it, and remember, get your 50% welcome bonus on that first parlay using our promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, when you use the link in the description to this episode at BetOnline Sportsbook. Bet online where the game starts. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, or good night. However, and whenever it is, you may be listening. Thank you for stopping on into another fantabulous episode of the Take It Easy podcast, live on the Believe Podcast Network. Except it isn't live because it is, as always, a podcast, and podcasts aren't live. It's the whole purpose of this silly, wacky, and fun podcast thing that we do. You can listen however and whenever it is that you so choose, and god damn it, we appreciate that you have decided to stop in however and whenever it is that you may be listening. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Conference Championship Monday. The Super Bowl is set. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. And the first and foremost thing we got to do today is talk about the AFC and NFC championship games from start to finish. Got that in-depth breakdown on the podcast. It's Conference Championship Monday, and we're going to have two individual Take It Easy podcast episodes here, breaking it all down. We begin today with the AFC championship game, and we begin with Kansas City, my beautiful baby boy Patrick Mahomes, my favorite football player and honestly favorite athlete in any sport at this stage of the game, getting to the Super Bowl with the team that was called the worst of the Kansas City teams, the worst in the Mahomes era, the offense that couldn't move the ball down the field. You look up and Kansas City is back in the Super Bowl thanks to a defensive domination in a way that we hadn't seen through much of the playoffs from Kansas City, but we knew was entirely possible with the second-ranked scoring defense in the NFL, the highest DVOA-ranked defense of any team that Kansas City had put forth over the previous six years of the Mahomes era. Kansas City came through with a defensive domination and for the fourth time in five years, so the fourth time in the five-season history of the Take It Easy podcast, this is our fifth football season here on the show, we have put together a wonderful and wild 1,350-some-odd episodes. And here on this glorious Conference Championship Monday, for the fourth time in five years, 
My baby boy Patrick Mahomes is going to the Super Bowl. Kansas City is going to the Super Bowl despite having zero points in the second half. Despite that, for the entire 27 and a half minutes to begin the second half, there were zero points on either side of the ball. Kansas City's going to the Super Bowl. Despite the fact that the drive chart in the second half went a little something like this. Punt. Punt. Punt, punt, punt. Baltimore fumble at the goal line, recovered by Kansas City. Kansas City punt. Lamar Jackson interception in the end zone. Kansas City punt. Baltimore field goal. Kansas City wins the game by running out the clock. It was a really interesting and really unique game. And I want to start off by talking about the defense for Kansas City because of just how instrumental to the victory that was for Kansas City. Timely turnovers when Baltimore got the ball into their opposing territory completely transformed the game. However, up until the drive when Baltimore went into the end zone and uh, Zay Flowers fumbled at the one-yard line by Legereus Sneed punching the ball out, up until that drive, it was a near-perfect defensive effort put by Kansas City. Kansas City forced up to that point in the game two turnover or sorry the turnover early in the first half four punt I'm sorry five punts the turnover where uh they got the strip sack that was recovered by Karloftis and number I believe uh oh Amenahue was the one who forced the fumble Amenahue punching the ball out at the end and forcing the fumble uh, uh that was recovered by Karloftis they had that fumble they had a five-punt performance on seven drives, the fumble, and the only touchdown drive that Baltimore put forth, Kansas City had them stopped on a three and out. Remember, Baltimore had a fourth down and one on their second drive of the game. This was in the first quarter. Baltimore punted to start the game. Kansas City went down the field and scored a touchdown, which, by the way, on the offensive side of the ball, Kansas City started the game 10 for 10 in the first quarter, which was... Uh, when, or when they went on their way to uh, scoring the second touchdown, which would end up being their only touchdown of the game, uh, there was one incompletion to Richie James, and up to that point, Mahomes was 10 for 10 to start the game for, uh, I believe it was 90-some-odd yards, and they, they ended up getting two touchdown drives out of it. But even on that touchdown drive that Baltimore had, they had a fourth and one at their own 34-yard line. And in three plays, they were able to get into the end zone. It was a a 20-some-odd yard run by Lamar Jackson, a 10-yard run by Gus Edwards, and then the 30-yard the bomb touchdown to Zay Flowers. They went 66 yards in three plays after getting to fourth and one on their own side of the field. And if you'll remember, the last time Baltimore made it this deep in the playoffs with a number one seed, which was the 2019 Ravens team, which I still attest to this date, is the best football team that I have ever watched play in the regular season. It was the year Lamar won the unanimous MVP. They were essentially unbeatable all throughout the regular season. If you remember five years ago when that Ravens team was in the divisional playoff round against the Titans, 
and I've talked about this for years ever since. It's one of those playoff games that is just ingrained in my brain because it was the first playoffs that we were doing this podcasting analysis thing and because we were a freshman in college and all sorts of reasons why that Titan-Raven game would be memorable. If you remember that game, Baltimore ran two fourth and ones on their own side of the field against the Titans, and both of them ended in the Titans getting stops and the Titans going down, and on one of them scoring a touchdown, the other one I believe they punted, but going down and scoring points off of fourth down stops that Baltimore traditionally converts. Baltimore looked up on fourth and one in their own 34-yard line in the first quarter of the AFC Championship game, and they went for it, and they were rewarded with a touchdown drive that would end up being their only other score for, if my math is correct, because they scored with five minutes left in the first quarter, their only other score for 47 and a half minutes of game time. They were rewarded for their aggression. They scored a touchdown. They flipped the script for the reason why they lost to Tennessee in what was at the time like the most brutal upset they had experienced in their playoff lives. Baltimore went through that got the touchdown, and then did not score the rest of the game. Blanketed. Nothing. At halftime, when it was 17-7 Kansas City, at halftime, Lamar Jackson was the Ravens' leading passer, the Ravens' leading rusher, and thanks to that pass that got deflected that he caught and ran forward for 13 yards, that probably coulda, shoulda, woulda been an interception at that point, because of that, he ended up getting the second most receiving yards of any player on Baltimore. And the only player who had more was Zay Flowers, and his only reception was the 30-yard touchdown up to that point. Lamar was their leading passer, leading rusher, and second leading receiver at halftime of that game. And Kansas City's defense was impeccable. From the Amenahue strip sack recovered, by George Karloftis. Uh, They sacked Lamar Jackson four times in the game. Uh, Justin Reed got a big hit on Lamar on a third down that forced an incompletion. Trent McDuffie had some one-on-one coverages that ended up being great for them. He also got burned on one play, but this is kind of the, the experience with Trent McDuffie. It's really hard to play corner in the NFL, and it's especially hard to play slot corner in the NFL. And Trent McDuffie had some incredible stops on uh, on Nelson Aguilar. He had a big tackle on Zay Flowers in the open field to prevent uh, what was it? The t- I mean, it wasn't the, the big play that Flowers had, the 50-plus yarder, but it was, the I think, the third catch that Flowers had on the drive that ended in a Lamar Jackson touchdown. They had huge moments from Trent McDuffie, Nick Bolton. There were so many people who came through for Kansas City in a way that we are used to Kansas City not having those moments come through because this was not this was not the Chris Jones game for Kansas City. Like the thing that was so unique about Kansas City the last two Super Bowl runs is that when the push came to shove at the end of the game, because Kansas City only played two like question questionable games at the end. It was the AFC Championship game against Cincinnati, where the game was very much up in the air, and it was the game against uh, Buffalo last week when Allen had the ball trying to go down to win the game or tie the game and they they set it up for the field goal with uh they set up for the field goal with Bass and Bass missed it. If you'll remember right before Bass kicked that field goal, Chris Jones pushed uh the offensive lineman into 
Allen to mess up his timing on the throw to Sherfield. And if you remember in the AFC Championship game last year against Cincinnati, the game was tied, Cincinnati had the ball, and on 3rd and 10, the defense, which had been struggling for most of the game, had Chris Jones get a sack on Joe Burrow that forced a punt, gave Kansas City the ball back, and Kansas City ended up scoring on what was either the last play of the game or the second to last play of the game that led to the Butker field goal. The last play that the Bengals ran on offense was a Chris Jones sack. The second to last play that can't, that Buffalo ran in that game was Chris Jones pushing an offensive lineman into Josh Allen and messing up his timing on the route to Sherfield. Both of those ended in Kansas City wins. Both of them came from timely defensive stands by their most valuable defensive player. And this was the first playoff game that Kansas City had played under the new, you know, post two years ago losing to Cincinnati in the AFC Championship game when they they took the era that had been there for four years. They took uh, the, the team that went to back-to-back Super Bowls, the team that had made four consecutive AFC Championship games, and they cleared a good bunch of those people out. Uh, Tyran Matthew was gone after that. Tariq Hill obviously got traded. Traverius Ward was gone after that. He went to San Francisco. Daniel Sorensen, as, as many of the jokes that we make about Daniel Sorensen, he was an instrumental piece of what Kansas City was doing with the first Patrick Mahomes era, when it when it was those players were the core of the team, and they sifted all those guys out and opted to get first and second year players in the door. Um, they drafted McDuffie in the first round. Legarius Sneed went from sixth round pick to Pro Bowler. Carl Loftus was a first round pick. Nick Bolton was a second round pick. Leo Chanel was a second round pick. Like they they brought in so many people to play in that that like they kind of went they opted for the we're gonna defend as a group more than we are defensively relying on these people who are kind of good but also have their shortcomings and you saw the the magnum opus performance that Kansas City was looking for when they got the lead they were able to force turnovers they got some timely sacks on Lamar Jackson even though they weren't able to get timing on that and they had two corners who were locked down defender. Legereus Sneed and Trent McDuffie are both pro bowlers this year. McDuffie was named the number one slot corner in the NFL by making the all-pro team. Like They have two lockdown corners and those lockdown corners combined with a pass rush that didn't feature a lot of Chris Jones this week but featured a Menahue getting in there for a strip sack. Saw Carl Loftus getting a sack. Uh, they saw Blitz packages that included Justin Reed getting hits on the quarterback. I think Justin Reed even had a sack on the quarterback in that game. They were absolutely fantastic on the defensive side of the ball. And by the way, when they lost Willie Gay, Drew Tranquil comes in as the the, the middle linebacker and has an excellent game for Kansas City in the middle of the defense. Drew Tranquil, who was a, char- a reject on the Charger defense last year, a reject from a team that when he first got there was the worst rushing defense in the NFL, and by the end of it was the worst passing defense in the NFL. Like, just impeccable job by Drew Tranquil stepping in. And Kansas City having their magnum opus defensive performance. If you're someone like me who, who has a vested interest in Kansas City, it just felt so rewarding because... This was the vision when they completely transformed that team two years ago, was this game. It wasn't what happened in Buffalo where the offense is excellent and they're able to scheme open some guys who have these incredible games that win it for them. What they envisioned was this exact game against Baltimore, and that is Patrick Mahomes going from the big play explosive quarterback to a precision-based offense that is able to control time of possession 
and able to execute in the middle and short parts of the field. It took them a while to get there, and they lost games this year because wide receivers dropped passes. But Kansas City's entire offense is predicated on building a precision-based offense that would counter the league essentially dropping back and taking away the big play, and would make it so that they didn't pay Tariq Hill $30 million and could instead flip him for draft picks, which didn't turn into anything except an all-pro slot corner in Trent McDuffie. They traded in their explosive big play receiver for defense and precision-based offense. And that precision-based offense started the game 10 for 10 in the first quarter. Mahomes was 10 for 10 to begin the game completing passes. They only had one negative play in their first two drives. And the second touchdown drive that would end up being the difference maker in the game was a 9 minute and 2 second 16 play touchdown drive. That was the magnum opus performance of what Kansas City had the vision to build around, again, the greatest quarterback to ever play the game and the best offensive head coach that there has ever been. The vision that they had was, if we have this incredible skill set, the best way before was to build a high-paced explosive offense that was able to just put up 35 points against anyone in the league and we don't have to care about defense as much because we can put up 35 points against anyone in the league without blinking. And they moved on from offensive linemen. They they After the Super Bowl loss to Tampa, and after they lost in the AFC Championship game to Cincinnati, their vision was, we are still going to have a, a great offense, but what we're going to do is precision-based offense to counter the defensive changes in the sport. Mahomes can do this, by the way. We, we know Mahomes is the big-arm quarterback who can put up 35 against anyone for the first three, four years of his career, but Mahomes, Mahomes can do this. He can do 10-for-10 10 10 to start a playoff game against the number one defense in the NFL. Against the Texans last year, he completed 20 consecutive passes in a game. This is the offense that they were building for years, for years to get to this point in this game. And by the way, while they were still trying to figure out the off, uh, figure out the defense, they they fucked around and won a Super Bowl, okay? There was a great quote last year from from one of the defensive players on Kansas City where he was amazed that they won the Super Bowl despite the fact that they didn't understand the defensive scheme that they were running. There were guys who didn't understand what they were trying to do exactly on defense because they were first and second year players. They started Six of their 12 defensive players, if you count the, um, the the slot corner as an additional position, they started six first or second year players in that Super Bowl against Philadelphia. They had some timely plays on defense, but they gave up a lot of points to that Philadelphia offense. Jalen Hurts had a historic Super Bowl performance, and the, the, uh, the, and the defense didn't have its best game against Cincinnati in the AFC Championship game either. And granted, those were the only two games that they were really tested last year, because last year their their team was just so good that they got to the AFC Championship game falling backwards as the number one seed. They got a bye, they got to play Jacksonville in the first round, or in the divisional round. They didn't really have any dramatic tests up to that point. But the two games, it was, it was Mahomes being Mahomes is the reason they win, and they got a timely stop to beat Cincinnati in that game. This was the first game that they had been looking to build towards, which is our defense can hold a team to 10 points in a playoff game. And more like more specifically, our defense can shut out a very good but not elite offense 
we can shut them out for essentially 30, I'm sorry, for essentially 47 and a half minutes of game time. And the counterside to that is that the defense can support your offense when the precision-based offense has its shortcomings. Because what, what ended up going wrong for Kansas City in the second half, and the reason why they didn't score any points in the second half, and honestly didn't score as many points in the first half as they should have, is the precision-based offense at times gets derailed when you are not precise. And sometimes it can be precise to a T. Like, Trey Smith gets the holding call at the end of the first half, and it takes a touchdown off the board for Rasheed Rice, and then they end up getting a field goal out of it at the end. And it was a long field goal for Butker. It was like 52 yards because of the holding penalties that they got. Like, a, a drive at the end of the half that could have given them a touchdown to go up 21-7 at halftime, get the ball to start the second half, Maybe you kick a field goal, whatever. Maybe maybe you kick a field goal on the second drive, and now you're up three scores, and it's 24-7, to and you can sit on a lead better than Detroit can sit on a 24-7 to lead against San Francisco because Detroit ain't got a defense that can stop that high-octane San Francisco offense. Kansas City had a defense that could stop and slow down Baltimore. But if they, I mean, if, if they don't have the timely defensive stops in the red zone, I mean, Kansas City's looking at a scenario where they're leaving points on the board and the precision-based offense becomes their downfall because the holding on Trey Smith ends up taking a touchdown off the board at the end of the half. That's four points right there. Uh, They get the ball back at the start of the second half. They punt on three and out. Ravens go three and out. They get the ball back, and they get a holding call on Jawan Taylor that, that took away a drive that got into Baltimore territory, and then after the Jawan Taylor penalty, they were back on their own side of the field. And and they ended up getting backed up to 4th and 19 and ended up having to punt. When you have the penalties, drives can get totally derailed. I mean, they left 7 points on the board by Rice getting the touchdown taken off the board and ending with a field goal at the end of the half, and then Jawan Taylor getting hit with a penalty uh, on the second drive of the second half that's seven points right there that get taken off the board and if uh flowers doesn't try and stretch the ball out at the goal line and if legerius sneed doesn't make that punch out at the end which you know quick side note legerius sneed getting the taunting call on him by zay flowers on the 53 yarder because remember when flowers got it down to the 10 and then spun the ball down next to him and he got hit with the taunting call to push it back to the 25 yard line if Flowers doesn't hit Sneed with the taunting call, Sneed doesn't have the chance to then punch the ball out on Flowers at the goal line. Instant karma going back Kansas City's way and Legereus Sneed getting to own Zay Flowers and what, what I assume will be a rivalry when those two teams play next year. Quick side note. But if you take the, the points off the board from the Jawan Taylor holding and then you take the points off the board from the Rasheed Rice touchdown that turned into a field goal at the end of the half, if Flowers ends up scoring that touchdown, now you have a 17-14 to 14 game. That field goal uh, in the final two and a half, three minutes of the game well, that field goal now makes it a tie game, and your precision-based offense is asked to go out on the field and drive you into field goal range, which maybe they do at the end, but that game does not look as dominant as it does for Kansas City if they don't have the precision-based offense fall apart at the end of the second half. Kansas City won a game where there was no scoring for the first 27 and a half minutes of a 30-minute half. 
It was an incredible defensive performance, and they got two big interceptions, or I'm sorry, a fumble at the goal line and an interception in the end zone that take points away from Baltimore because Lamar Jackson makes the wrong reads at the end of the game. And you can criticize Lamar Jackson, or you can criticize the decision for Flowers to stretch it out, or whatever you want to point to with like the Baltimore offensive side. But the Kansas City defensive side played impeccable. Impeccable. And Zay Flowers gets to be a GOAT because he tried to stretch the ball out at the one-yard line, and you have the image of Lamar throwing his helmet down after he he had that bad interception in the end zone where he he saw, I saw Bill Barnwell do a good description of it. Like, he saw Andrews take the step, he decided to just throw it out there, and Andrews was covered because it wasn't a good read. He just thought, okay, he's got the step there, let's see if we can chuck it out there, and and Kansas City took advantage with the interception. I, I don't remember which player got the oh uh, Bush got the interception at the end there, and it was just it, it was just a tough it was tough for the Ravens to see, but it was also a masterclass of defensive performance for Kansas City. And the game was never really like stressful for Kansas City because their defense put together that masterclass of a performance on the road in a game where they were underdogs by four and a half points. And defense held Baltimore to zero points for over three quarters of game action. And by the way, could have hold, held them to three if not for the Ravens going for it on fourth and one on their own 34-yard line. If the Ravens punt in that scenario, like I think a, a majority of coaches would opt to do, if the Ravens go ahead and punt that ball, that's a 17-0. to zero. That's a shutout. That is a shutout until the very end of the game when it's already out of reach because Kansas City is up by three scores that was a defensive masterclass by Kansas City and this had been something they had been building for for two years toward for two years when you talk about impact players on that defense being Trent McDuffie first round pick from two years ago that they got in the trade for Tyreek Hill McDuffie is the only piece of significance that they got in the Tyreek Hill trade when you talk about McDuffie having the game that he had uh, when you talk about Legarius Sneed, a sixth round pick now in his fourth year, building himself into, you know, building his career into becoming a Pro Bowl quarterback and the or a cornerback and the value that comes from that. Karloftis being a first round pick who gets a sack and recovered a fumble. Uh, Nick Bolton, the second round pick, who was obviously the hero in the Super Bowl last year. He him having the, the game that he had. When you talk about Leo Chanel being the fourth round or the third round pick, a Menahue coming through the way that he did. Like there's so many names on that defense that Kansas City has strategically been building up over the years. And despite the fact that Baltimore had the best back seven in the NFL, despite the fact that Roquan Smith had an amazing game and Patrick Queen made all pro and Metabuke made all pro and he even had a sack on the quarterback. The only time, I guess they had two sacks. The second time that they got to the quarterback on Mahomes, Metabuke was the one who was in the middle and he was forcing uh, Trey Smith to hold him on those two plays that took points off the board. Despite the fact that Baltimore's number one defense in the league held Kansas City to zero second-half points, it did not matter because Kansas City held them to zero points for three-quarters of a game, and Kansas City's precision-based offense was just precise enough, mostly on the scripted plays that Andy Reid had, to be able to get it done, and with a couple of improvisations by Patrick Mahomes, like the one where he scrambles out the pocket and just throws it up to Kelsey, or uh, the, the fourth down play where that where Baltimore read it perfectly and got the stop, but then Mahomes just threw the ball up to Kelsey running across the middle of the field. I don't know if you remember when they converted that fourth down 
on the on the long touchdown drive. They had a fourth down where the, the design was to roll outside and throw it to Rasheed Rice, but they had Rice totally covered, and so Mahomes came back and threw across his body to Mahomes, or, or to Kelsey, and to get the ball down inside the 30-yard line. Improvisational play right there that kept, you know, that's why you have Patrick Mahomes running a precision-based offense, because Patrick Mahomes can improvise better than the best of quarterbacks at times. Um, The one-on-one on on the first touchdown where he threw a back shoulder one-on-one Travis Kelsey to Kyle Hamilton, which is just ridiculous. Kyle Hamilton is maybe the best coverage corner or coverage safety that exists in the NFL right now. And the fact they had him one-on-one with Kelsey and that Kelsey caught it back shoulder fade from 25 yards out on Kyle Hamilton was just incredible. Kelsey himself, man, 11 targets, 11 catches, 116 yards and a touchdown. They had Kyle Hamilton one-on-one on Travis Kelsey for a good portion of that game which was not the greatest defensive strategy in hindsight. No matter how elite of a coverage corner you have, I think the league has kind of told you you kind of got to double-team Travis Kelsey or hope that Kelsey's going to drop passes himself. But one-on-one, Kelsey put Kyle Hamilton to sleep. Meanwhile, Kelsey was out there trying to fight everybody on the Baltimore defense. He was getting into it with Kyle Hamilton. He was getting into it with Patrick Queen. Kyle Van Noy got hit with the unnecessary roughness for pushing Kelsey and got them the 15 yards. Later on that drive, Kelsey was picking fights with everybody on that Baltimore defense, and he went 11 catches on 11 targets, 116 yards, touchdown, back shoulder fade, one-on-one against Kyle Hamilton. Like, chef's kiss masterclass of a performance by Travis Kelsey there. And the precision-based offense got them just enough points against that Baltimore defense that stepped up and showed out in the second half of that game. Baltimore wasn't letting Kansas City do anything. Hell, I don't think Kansas City ran a play in Baltimore's red zone after the two touchdown drives right off the bat because they turned the ball over on downs, they punted on that field goal drive. The closest they got was the 23 before Kansas City had to kick the field goal. Then it was punt, 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 and then Kansas City running out the clock. Like like Baltimore's defense stepped up and showed out. Also, shout out to you, Tommy Townsend, punter who looks like uh, Trevor Lawrence out there punting for Kansas City. Almost a team MVP at the end there because, oh boy, that Baltimore defense shaped up and showed out, and so did Kansas City's. But Kansas City's precision-based offense, right off the bat, gave them 26 plays, marching right down the field, and by the time they got those 14 points, the offense didn't need to be as good as it was after that, because once they got those points, they came through. And if it weren't for Kansas City's defense forcing turnovers and getting big stops on passing on passing downs, I, this game maybe was closer than the final score would have predicted, as, as we... As we just talked about a second ago when we were talking about the Kansas City defense, that game is is much more of a, hey, Mahomes, you got to go run a two-minute drill to try and keep the game from going to overtime or win the game on a field goal. Offense would have had to step up in a way that they did not after those first two drives. I mean, Humphreys holding, you know, maybe you could argue that could have, should have, would have been a, tu- a touchdown, but after those two touchdown drives for Kansas City, they did not run another play inside the Baltimore red zone. They scored three points the remainder of the game. Baltimore's defense was great, 
Were they great at stopping Kelsey? No, they were not. But I'd argue that's a that's a a, a flaw in game planning that they went one on one with Kelsey so often. And you know, after the, the the couple of big plays like the back shoulder touchdown that Kelsey had, or the improvised fourth down that Mahomes threw to Kelsey to set up the touchdown on the second drive. Like after those two couple plays, it was a lot of Kelsey in the short field. Kelsey. Completing passes like the run, you know, using the passing game like the run where it's like four yards, seven yards, screen pass, Kelsey in motion outside for four yards, you know, a lot of those plays the rest of the way. But the one-on-ones early on that they had Hamilton against Kelsey got cooked, got cooked. And uh, hats off to you, Kelsey, for putting that together because that's all Kansas City's offense needed. They just needed those two drives at the start of the game where Kelsey and Mahomes improvised some cool shit and after that, they were able to get it done and get the victory. Kansas City, back to the Super Bowl, fourth time in fifth in five years. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for stopping in here to the Take It Easy podcast. Kansas City is going back to the Super Bowl. It's been a wonderful and wacky conference championship Monday here on the show. And I'm very excited to chat with you guys all throughout the coming weeks, the coming month and uh, leading up to the wonderful and wacky Super Bowl between Kansas City and San Francisco, which by the way, if you want the NFC championship game post game, look one episode above this one, just one episode up on your docket here on the Take It Easy podcast. I promise you both episodes are going to be out in the morning on Monday. You might have to wait like three minutes if you're choosing to listen to this podcast at midnight on Monday, but trust me, NFL Monday, championship weekend, it's got its own podcast for the Detroit-San Francisco game, and this podcast here will be your Kansas City versus Baltimore deep dive recap and reaction. Thanks for stopping in, everybody. We will chat with you again on Wednesday. And in the meantime, take it easy and play that music one more time. Because Patty Mahomes is going back to the Super Bowl. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.